It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. It's another Dunkin' Philly victory show. Mm. Football and free coffee. Let's break this thing down right here on BGN Radio part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. Three, two, one, and the Eagles are back in first place by way of a 31-21 win over the Houston Texans. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? It is another Duncan Philly victory party, however sloppy the victory may be. But of course, one of the best ways to celebrate an Eagles victory is with free Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts in the greater Philadelphia area runs the Eagles win. You win program so fans can score a medium hot or iced coffee the day after each Eagles win with a special offer from the Dunkin' Donuts mobile app. Just download the app. Give him a follow at Duncan Philly on Twitter. Follow him on Facebook for more information. Eagles run on Duncan, and uh, they needed every single ounce of it uh, because I, from what all the injuries, I think the biggest blow, I know we'll probably get into that debate, is D'Amico Ryans, and to see that happen on the field was terrible. Uh, but the Eagles win this one uh, with Mark uh, Sanchez and crew as sloppy as the turnovers kept happening and all that stuff. Let's welcome everybody in. Of course, uh, Mr. Mike K joins us one more time. How are you, my friend? It wouldn't be an Eagles uh, win without a few losses, huh? <laughs> of course, of course. We can never get a break here. Of course, joining us one more time, Mr. Dan Cluster, enjoying his fried green tomato salad. How are you, sir? Hey, almost done with this thing. Keep, keep me in the loop. <laughs> and, of course, from our Eagles joining us, uh, Mr. Matt Daring. What's happening, my friend? It's good to be here, John. Uh, well, uh, you know, let's get into the big news of D'Amico Ryan's uh, pro football talk. Everybody else pretty much confirmed it by now that D'Amico Ryan's has blown out his Achilles. How big of a detrimental uh, loss? is that for this entire defense here Mike uh, I mean I think it's I think it's kind of big I mean people are going to talk about you know getting the younger guys involved how much D'Amico 
pretty much uh, limits you in the in the passing game. But you know he's been so good against the run. I think he's quietly been having a pretty good season. You know, obviously he's a huge leader. You saw how the whole defense came off the uh, the sideline to wish him well. Um, he actually had a pretty good game, I thought, uh, yeah. against the Texans. And so it's 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 going to be a big loss because you're, you're probably going to come back to that Casey Matthews, Emmanuel Acho rotation that you had with Kendricks. And then uh, it's all a matter of who's calling the plays, whether, you know, we talked off air, Matt brought up uh, Malcolm Jenkins. And then there's also, you know, Kendricks. Is he ready to, to take on that responsibility? He played very well. So hopefully um, he'll be able to... Uh, lead that uh defense and uh, yeah i mean dan are you on that same wavelength there or you think it's a it's it's something that they can kind of withstand as they continue on through the season here uh, it's a pretty big hit both on the field and emotionally in terms of um you know just what he means to the defense chip kelly called him the team's mufasa after the game <laughs> so you know and i think it's gonna be a really big hit emotionally he's not the you know his pass cover skills have eroded but he's still a great run stuffer he was. He had a few plays today where he stuck. You know, he floated the hole and stuffed Arian Foster. He's been doing it all season. Um, now, you know, let's hope that the combination of Casey Matthews, Emmanuel Acho, and you know Marcus Smith, if he ever sees the field again, can help out and uh, you know do a little bit to fill the void. But uh, you know, you got to be concerned when you lose a guy who's so important to your team on and off the field. Also, looking like Todd Harriman's. Uh, prob- oh yeah, shouldn't have been playing. Yeah, probably not going to be playing probably at all for the rest of the year. Um, it, yeah. Um, no. The first play, he the first play, whatever it was, he was on the ground immediately, you know, because he couldn't use his other arm, and And, you know, and as soon as Andrew Gardner came in, you know, the correlation causation whole thing, but there were big holes. We that was the drive where Chris Polk scored the touchdown. That's where we started churning out yards on the ground. So yeah, and it's um, yeah, I guess an average lineman with two arms is always better than a, a a decent one with one, and. Um, I guess that means that, you know, for the most part, Matt, I think that's more a situation where he's, we were talking a little bit about, uh, about that off air, just trying to help out, uh, as much as he can there, because you have Mathis that's coming back and then Tobin can slide over and then Todd can sit out for the rest of the year. Curious what, what, what kind of happens now with Todd's and uh, Todd and the rest of his career here. So, uh, I think, uh, well, I think Todd likes it here. He's got, he's got businesses set up. He's got all sorts of stuff around town. Um, it seems like he's got a lot of roots in the area. I don't think there's any way that he leaves. Uh, I'm not sure if he's back in a pay cut or he might just hang him up. I mean, he seems well-liked. seems like he's got a future yeah. either working for the Eagles or just going over and working for Comcast. You know, he and um, he can sit next to Jamal Jackson and you can make everybody else on set look really tiny. But um, I think uh, I think Todd's played pretty well. And, and uh, the whole sort of the whole sort of tone of, of this process so far has been, um, you know, he's like he's just trying to get out one more week before he ends the season. And um, it sounds to me like uh, like on Twitter now, it seems like he left because of an ankle thing and not because of the biceps. Todd hurt his, his ankle. So um, he just said he felt like his, I think it's the ankle on the same side as the elbow. So he was kind of a one arm, one leg man. So, But either way, he's got to have the, um, he's got to have the surgery and he's got to have it ASAP for his own good, you know, and we get Mathis back next week. And Mathis is amazing. We get, uh, we have Tobin who can kick over to the right side. Who's fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, I think we'll be okay. I think Todd's the loss that we can we can withstand. Although you know, Tobin, Tobin looked really good today. Yeah, again, which is uh, which is always a good sign. And you got to be psyched about that. John. Yeah, absolutely. Iowa, Iowa boys uh, doing okay. Um, well, and speaking of Tobin too, there was there were at least two plays where he took on at least two uh, defensive linemen and just stood them up yeah, together. Yeah. It was really we. I mean, uh, you He's know, so- it, 
Yeah, I mean, you can say what you want about his pass blocking, but I think run run blocking, he's exactly what you want. And I think, you know, if you're going to rotate him over to right guard, uh, they're not going to miss a beat at all. Whether or not they're going to miss a beat at the quarterback position, it's going to probably going to be up for debate for, oh, I'd say forever. But um, well, we're still talking about Jeff Garcia, so I don't really see any reason <laughs> exactly. why this should be. Yeah. Forty-four years old and still has it. Uh, yeah, it's um, it, it's going to be an interesting week, definitely for sports radio, especially on BGN. I'm sure everybody's going to go back and forth. I'm sure there's a couple of folks commenting on like some post-game article says, "See, I told you so." And Sanchez is the guy, and da 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 da. For for the most part, and what he was thrown into, I think he did fine overall. Was I impressed? Not really. Uh, but again, I thought the, the last touchdown that he threw to Macklin was, was great. I thought he was very decisive, whether those continue to be good decisions or not. I'm, I'm not sure, but definitely, uh, you know, quicker feet. And I don't know if this is any correlation here, but I did see, and maybe we all thought because it was Macklin and all that stuff, but I saw the defense definitely start to back off a little more. I don't think they were stacking the box as much. I don't know if that's because they were trying to just say, go ahead, throw it. I dare you, Nick. And uh, Sanchez came in. It was a little bit different. Not to say that he played any uh, that much greater or anything, but um, Mike, your thoughts on uh, Mark Sanchez and what the Eagles have to do with the quarterback position now? Well, you, you know, now you're in a situation where you don't have a choice. And uh, I've talked about this on Twitter. Uh, I probably would have rather had Nick benched than than this happening. And we've also talked off air and that probably was never going to happen because of how Chip believes in, you know, the continuity and everything. But, uh, you know, now you're one hit away from Barkley. But I digress on that point. Uh, I thought Mark was, you know, like you said, I thought he was good for what he was. I didn't think he was worse than Foles. Um, do Which I, think I thought Foles- all season, by the way. Right. Well, yeah, no, and I'm giving you I, I was about to give you credit, man. Why? Jeez. Didn't your mom ever tell you to let somebody else pat you on the back? Never, Gosh. never, never. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, hubris is better. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know, I, I look at it and I think to myself, you know, what a wonderful world. Well, I well, I have done that a couple of times. I come from a Broadway family. But anyway, uh, you know, I look at this this situation that they're in, and. It couldn't have gotten worse, I don't think, unless Barkley was the backup. So, I, you know, I've always been a supporter of the of the Sanchez Sanchez the Sanchez signing, <laughs> and uh, you know, I wasn't a supporter of starting him over Nick, but you know, he 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 had some really good drives. He also had two really bad drives, and so it kind of felt like more of the same. Only it was a little bit the tempo was a little bit better. Like I don't think Nick Foles has that seven eight minute drive and is right. successful on it. I don't think he leads a touchdown drive on that one. I think that's a field goal. Do I think he's capable of it? Sure. Do I think Nick wins the game if he stays in the game? Yes. I, I think I think the Texans were I think the I Texans were overmatched in every single way. Sure, sure, but I I I think well So you turn the ball over that much. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right, but Nick had Nick was 10 of 13. He threw a bomb to Macklin. He had one bad throw. I, that was horrible. Don't get me wrong. It was a terrible throw. He shouldn't have made the throw, but I also don't look at it like Mark Sanchez came in, beat the world and was fantastic. Oh. Granted, you could debate you could debate the huff who the huff interception was on to you're blue in the face. You're probably not going to be wrong. But that other one, that other, he yeah. had a he had a would be interception that was terrible, and then he Two also would be interceptions. 
Yeah, two would be interceptions that were terrible, and then he he had the second intercept. He had the second interception that wasn't very good, even though apparently Fox doesn't know how to count, and they didn't register it till <laughs> literally the end of the game. So I I think you got to look at it. The quarterback's always going to be shaky. Uh, they're going to have to use the run the way they did. Uh, somebody needs to give uh, Dan some tissues because he really enjoyed uh, Chris Polk today. Oh, I think everybody. I think I think I think you really need to focus on the run. I think it has to happen. But I think it, that. But, I, but if it's not like again, the Texans weren't showing that they were going to respect the passing game. Literally. No, you have to take advantage of that. But it. what I'm yeah. saying is, you don't go into a game like I think with Nick, you look at it, and we've talked about it before. You try to get his rhythm going. I don't see Sanchez is necessarily needing that rhythm. He's a veteran quarterback. He can. He came off the bench and did very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you could run twice and then have Sanchez throw. I also don't. Sure. I think the advantage of having Sanchez is, is I'm at third and seven. I'm not as concerned as I would be with Nick. Um, because he does have a little bit more mobility. He also probably is a lot, not a lot, but he is more decisive. So I think, I think Watching on the pod- play makes me feel like I'm crazy. <laughs> like I don't, I don't like who I turn into when I watch him play. And, and it's just, I mean, it's, it's spastic and it's odd and it really, it There's just no makes, flow. it makes my teeth itch. <laughs> Watching him p- play makes me feel like I've lost my goddamn mind. I'm, you know, Sanchez, he took some bad sacks. He threw some bad balls, but I didn't feel like I was out there like thinking, what are they doing? Because Sanchez, he was like, all right, one look, maybe two, take off, whatever. You know, he's got the he's got the run pass option going. He's got all this stuff. And I was like a little more comfortable with what it was. It was cohesive about it. Whereas Nick Foles, I don't think he was looking where he should have been looking. I don't think any of this was I mean, it was just it just made me feel like I was insane and I and I hated myself. And I want to get to Dan's point on this, too, uh, because I think this is where if you could find the middle for Nick Foles, I think it's Mark Sanchez, just like Dan was talking about last week. I I think that's I think that's where Nick Foles should be. And again, it's just for me, it's it's better footwork. It's the it's the the attention to, um, you know, what am I what am I doing next? And I, I don't know how you feel about that. Dan. that's just. That's just my amateur eyes looking at you it. Stepping forward into instead right. of stepping backwards. Yeah, that's the I mean, thing. You know the the sack right before Nick got injured, Jason Peters got beat clean by by JJ Watt. But yep. you know what happens if Nick doesn't back up there and instead takes a step forward? He doesn't. He doesn't back right into the sack. That's about that. That's happening. I mean, that was a big thing with Sanchez too. As we saw, there was no backpedaling and backplaying. He would he would stay in the pocket and he would step up too if he needed to, regardless of the bad decisions or bad throws that he had. And that's just like. That's that's a big thing for me because, you know, a lot of like I said last week, when you're backing up, you're allowing the pursuit around the edge to get to you instead of them having to stop and maybe pursue you closer to the line of scrimmage. You're just backing up right into a sack. So at least that way, you know, Sanchez had some really awful throws that we would have crushed Nick for, but he was also much better on the rollout. He's he's a much quicker, quicker athlete, and I want to see him keep some of these options a little more, I think, moving forward, because I don't think defenses are going to respect his ability to run at all. Um and I think that he has the legs and the more, a little more uh, hip in his step, I guess, than than Nick does. And I think that he would, I think that he would surprise us all with how well he does. Maybe picking up eight to twelve yards here on keepers. Yeah, I, I saw that too, and I saw a lot of people not even paying attention to Sanchez all those yep, option reads exactly. and stuff like that. So that's definitely a great point. I, uh, I'm sure Chip Kelly's watching that and being like, "Oh, I think I can use this next week." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. I love and I love how they, what they turned into on the ground too. 
you know, it might have been, it's it's Sanchez being in there and then Gardner going in for Harriman's, but those those that, that drive, the touchdown drive for Polk and the final drive on that Man. touchdown for the Macklin were beautiful. Just from yeah. a physically dominate your lineup, physically dominate your opponent opponent's standpoint. That yeah, that that uh, run 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 drive was yeah. phenomenal. See that yeah, was that really was Chris Polk, baby. <laughs> and I, I kind of want to peek uh, just a little bit, Mike, on just kind of the future here, because now let's just say we're going to play hypothetical. It's it's Monday, so why not? Um, let's say Mark Sanchez does fine or or a little better than fine for the next four to six weeks here. Um, we obviously don't know the timetable yet on Nick Foles, at least by the time that we're recording this. If it is a broken clavicle, that's usually six weeks to who, however long, depending on the recovery. Uh, year. Six to ten was the thing I saw. Okay, six. To, let's say six to ten weeks. You can't really. You're not going to IR him just in case he can come back. Your short term IR is used up. So what? What do you do for the short term? And you know, if Mark Sanchez is somewhat successful here, what do you do in the long term? Well, I, I think if if Sanchez foals is foals. Wow, that's like a Dr. Seuss. <laughs> um, but if he does, I mean, I think you have to stick with Sanchez. I think that's the beauty of Nick Foles is that he's cheap. He's young. You have control of him next year no matter what. That's why I kind of was patient with the whole Nick Foles thing this year. I don't think you have to pay him, and they're definitely not paying him now. Right. So that 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 level of, well, oh, my God, gee golly, we've got to figure out if we have a quarterback or not is not necessarily – a situation you have to deal with. Now, if Sanchez does well and leads him to the playoffs and, you know, it's week 15 and they're in really good shape and they've either clinched the division or they're one game away from locking up a playoff spot, I don't think you take Sanchez out because of the continuity. Now, if he's sucking and you're you're still fighting with Dallas and you got to figure that out, yeah, maybe you give Nick a, Nick a try. I mean, I've seen four to six weeks in some from some writers, but okay. who, who knows? They're not doctors. And we yeah, also McLean don't know. said that, but I, the thing I saw when Romo broke his clavicle a few years ago was that I it was think, six to ten weeks. Yeah, yeah when he broke his clavicle. But who knows? Maybe I, it's like a fracture instead of a full break. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Well, yeah, and that's and that's what I would say. And so if you're looking at that and Sanchez does lead him to the playoffs and maybe he wins a game or two, maybe you sign him on the short term, maybe you give him a two-year deal or something. You know, you figure something out that way and then you try to see what you can get for Foles. I, I think it's not a terrible situation to be in, but... That's not what you said a couple of weeks ago, though. Well, right? no, no, but no, I don't think it's a terrible situation given <laughs> oh. how, this is, how this has happened. How sure. this has oh, happened. Oh, sure, 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 yeah. Because now you know you're not paying Nick. So the anxiety towards that, it, which is obviously mostly probably Howie in a fan perspective, Chip probably doesn't care about it either way, you've got that narrative taken out. I think the team rallied around Sanchez. I think he's got the ear of them. And, you know, I have a game of tape to watch now <laughs> that I didn't with Sanchez. Uh, he's not playing third stringers. Right. Um, you know, so I think you're looking at a situation where – if Sanchez plays well, it's a positive. If you need Nick to come back in and Nick leads you to the playoffs, perfect. It's a positive. But you're not going to have to pay anybody major, major dollars next year. So just play out the season, be patient, and I think that's what the Eagles will do. Dan, what would you expect? I mean, like, not expect. uh, What would you basically want to come out of this? What's the best situation at the end of the year, regardless of how far they go into the playoffs and how, you know, if if they, whatever, they win a Super Bowl, whatever. Uh, where would you want the quarterback situation offseason this upcoming year? Do you think that you have Sanchez and Foles go at it? 
um, with a drafted, you know, quarterback and Barkley says, see you later or whatever. What's your best outcome in this? Um, my best outcome is winning the Super Bowl with whoever's that quarterback, even if it's Matt Barkley <laughs> or James Casey. Um, you know, and, and, and sure, I'm happy. I'm happy to deal with everything else that comes with it in the off season. Uh, it's tough. I don't. Barkley's not going to be here next year. And the San, listen, you know, Sanchez plays well down the stretcher and gets us in the playoffs. It's you have a real decision to make about extending him and kind of go. You know, do you really want to go into next year with Sanchez and Foles? I mean. Yeah, you know, regardless of what happens, I don't think either of them are a franchise quarterback that you can bank on for the next five to ten years. I think it's still a band-aid situation. Mm-hmm. And whether it's, you know, there's not, there's not going to be anyone in free agency. You're going to have to find your guy in the draft. And I, I really do think that we're going to be heading into next season with there might just be a rookie quarterback to go with Nick Foles and Mark Sanchez. And for me, I think the best uh, outcome, I think Dan's sort of touching on this, is that we find out that this offense is quarterback proof. And we've right, touched right, on this a little bit right. before that we think that we could you can plug in a guy who's who's fine and you know right. he'll be he'll be like really very fine. And um but you know it's it's, it's, it's enough predicated on the run undefeated. game. And, they should be undefeated yeah. with even competent quarterback play. It's the did you see what J- uh, Jimmy tweeted out that they have the highest turnover differential yet or they have the like you know, the worst turnover differential differential but the highest point differential in the <laughs> nfc it doesn't That's make any rid- sense it's ridiculous it's ridiculous well it, it, it's ridiculous too and in, in when you consider that the defense is forced to turn over in like 20 yeah. something straight games so I, I mean i think i think you can when you when you look at the situation that they're in uh and the offense that they're in this is really proof that chip's a genius and that he can handle whoever's behind center and i also think it can't get worse than nick and and that's coming from a guy who's been a no no I'm 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 being honest with you I mean I think their talent levels relatively similar uh, Sanchez and Foles sure. and I and I think at worst they're going to be equal to and even then they were they were they were what five and two so you're 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 not really losing a ton with Nick I don't think you're you're gaining a ton with Sanchez but like Dan said it's a band aid situation if he can if Chip can continue to win with these type of quarterbacks. He may never have to invest in in, in in a in a major quarterback or give major money, which helps free up the rest of your defense, which helps, uh, you know, it helps you spend in, in other areas. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and that's I think that's something that me, Matt and I have texted back and forth a million times of, you know, just watching just watching Oregon again, just beat the hell out of Stanford. And, oh, man, how glorious would it be to have Marcus Mariota in here? But again, we go back to that point of just like, well, does Howie want to make a signature move and get his guy? Does Chip really want to get his guy? That's not necessarily Marcus Mariota. Weird. That's just kind of the talking point. But I think you're right. I mean, I think average quarterbacks light it up. And it and it and if we've found an offense in the NFL where you need an average quarterback, I think that flips the entire game on its head. To be honest with you, because that's that's been the most important position. Oh, you need that Aaron Rodgers. You need Drew Brees. You need Peyton Manning. You need Tom Brady. If you found a cheat sheet for that, man, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> you know. So as long as there's somebody that's comp, uh, you know, competent and average and can step up into throws. That's what I think Mark Sanchez can be. I'll take again. I'll take three touchdowns and an interception every day, as long as as long as you can score thirty three points. Go ahead, Dan. What Mike was talking about there, it really if there's anything that ever would speak to the genius of Chip Kelly, it's to see what's going on at the quarterback position and to know that not only is this still a an easy top ten offense, that the whole team that the team is two plays away from being undefeated. It's 
It's it's yeah. unheard of in the NFL to have a quarterback-proof offense. That's an oxymoron. It doesn't make any sense, <laughs> you know, unless it's Trent Dilfer with the best defense of all. Yeah, yeah, it's like a it's like a '70s throwback. I think in '72 the Bills ran for 2,000 yards and threw for 1,200 yards or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we're not looking for that sort of performance. I don't I don't think we'd be able to win with that format right now. But uh, you know, I think that if we find something where it just really doesn't matter, then um, I think that's gold. Uh, just you know, you got to get the ball near him, and that guy will do the rest. Same thing with Coop. Same thing with Selleck. Ertz, that's the, the beauty of playing quarterback in this system is there's so many weapons. And, uh, you know, when those guys touch the ball, you give them a clean throw. They'll make you look good. And um, so I just keep doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and, and because uh, it's football nihilism. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and those are all carried by, like, great defenses and stuff. But this I think this team is obviously carried by good playmakers. And you saw it even with checkdowns and stuff. Those third, third and fives or third and fours and Sproles just kind of Shot out of there and just barrel rolled everybody. Was too. Huff, Huff had one. Yeah, yeah. Huff had big play. Huff was that his quick first screen? snap since the interception? Uh, I, I I think he was in there once once or twice before. Yeah, but. I think that because that's the first time I noticed him since the interception. That was that was also on third down, right? Yes, it was. It was the third quick uh, quick little uh, screen out to him one on one. I'm telling you, man. I think if he just kind of puts it all together, he's still going to be a really important part of this offense. And one guy that certainly is. And please, God, extend him. Jeremy Macklin has been phenomenal and on fire. Just playing football, man. Um, you know, uh, when I went down last year, uh, you know, the one thing that I told myself was just to come back and give myself a chance to to um, be better than what I was. And um, you know, this year um, I've had my number called quite a bit, and um, all I can do is just you know, be reliable for my team. Making himself some money, guys. Absolutely. I mean, statistically, now he's in the top five, and most of the guys has, have played. An extra game. It's it's so exciting to see him do that. Especially, I, I think back to preseason when there was that semi scare that he might have torn his ACL for a second. Yeah, and just what he's done and what he's proven. He picked a great year to be on a one year deal, and you're realizing why. And they're they're going to have to pay them, right? No, they can franchise him. You don't want to. It's that's the best. Let's be honest. I don't know what the franchise tag is, but. You know, if he's not ready to, if he doesn't like what they're offering long term, that's it's the business, and they they have that uh, they have that leverage right there, and they have the advantage. So, you know, another one year deal where he has to make it or prove it. Not a, not a bad uh, not a bad situation for the Eagles, but I do think that they're going to end up extending him, and he's going to. I think that there's going to be a big money contract, and it wouldn't surprise me if it happens before the end of the season. Yeah, if it's, a, I mean, just going based off this year, it was twelve million for a franchise tag. It was ten million for a transition tag. So. Um, right around there, I think we'd be okay with that for a year. But that again, that's a that's a big hit to the cap and all that stuff. He's I don't going, think Macklin will want that. I think Macklin. Will yeah, want I more. yeah, I think Macklin would want more than that. Oh yeah, and he's going into his age twenty seven season next year, so you're getting three seasons of him before he turns thirty two. Um, yeah, I I think he's going he's going to demand top of the market. NFL wide receiver money. It'll be something. It'll be something like five for uh, five for sixty with like. Probably like twenty five guaranteed, something crazy like that. Something so like that's that. 12, yeah. that's twelve million a year, and you're probably giving them a, a pretty nice bonus. Um, Does that get done uh, earlier than later? You think? No, no, I don't think. I think Howie wait? waits it out. No, I think I, Howie I, waits I it out. Up waiting just because of the friend. I mean, I, I would. It's happened before where they would extend, uh, you know, based on the play, but. I uh, I think that they probably it's a cutthroat business. I think they're they're going to end up wanting to hold the franchise tag as a legitimate option going into next season. That makes sense. Yeah, and if I'm Macklin, you know I've already bet on myself. I right. can bet on myself a little bit more. I think sure. you know if he if he's somehow able 
I think he realizes the franchise is a, is a major possibility, and I don't think it would kill him to take that. But you know, I think it'll be very hard to sign him to a deal mid mid year, and then what happens if he gets injured in the playoffs or right, right, right. That's true. Season. So you got to you got to, and I also don't think Howie's been very quick quick to the trigger on giving guys extensions. Cedric Thornton's deserved an extension for two years, and he hasn't gotten that. So. It, you know what I mean? Like I, I think the last like in-season extensions that I can remember: are Brent Selleck, Trent Cole, and Jason Avant. I think those that was are like Trent Cole's last one, not this, not the most. Not, not this most recent one. Yeah, you're right. They don't really do. Yeah. Now that I think about it, they don't really do extensions. Yeah, since, since Banner left, they haven't really done in-season extensions, right. and they originally did that because you could do it after two years, and they would take advantage because they'd give them low money. It was basically like, hey, take this bundle of money that we that you have right now, or you can wait. And that was what it was, and so they had all the leverage. Right now, Macklin's got a lot of the leverage. Yeah. Well, it's uh, we want to know what you guys think as, as well. So let's get into the Twitter feed and the Duncan Philly hotline. We want to hear from you. Call the Duncan Philly anytime hotline. Leave us a message, and we'll put you on the air. 267-245-6066. That's 267-245-6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. A lot of people agreeing with the uh, the Jeremy Macklin performance. A lot of people saying sign him, uh, sign him as soon as possible. Um, yeah, big shout out to uh, Aaron Wilson and all those guys for checking in on that. Um, checking in first with the uh, Zip Squad underscore jihad what's happening my friend chip uh, might deserve coach of the year we need more Ertz on the field sanchez officially on the job edition for most of the nfl uh yeah i mean uh, i don't know what do you think matt chip kelly coach of the year uh <laughs> i don't know i was pretty good with my answer I don't know. Just, <laughs> all right sure, just, we'll leave it in so the official I'm just trying to is, run uh, i think um Patton or marone are probably uh two good two good picks and i think chip kelly obviously he's He's an amazing coach, but they like to give it to guys with like good stories or whatever. So you take two, two uh, ailing franchises like the Bills and the Browns, and you uh, you sort of make them exceed at what you what you claim you can do. You know, as far as both those guys being defensive coaches and both those teams being having real clear identities on defense. And I think that you have a recipe for coach of the year there. But Chip Kelly's coach. Don't forget your boy heart. Bruce Arians. Oh, no, I, that guy can go suck a diaper. I, uh, I, but, I, but Chip Kelly, he's the coach of the year for my heart. Uh, also, our good friend Yusuf, uh, Y-U-S underscore 44. This team is playing solid uh, despite the problems on D and surprisingly on the offense. Need to limit those turnovers. Yes, I, I completely agree, obviously. Um, I don't, how do you limit turnovers at this point, Mike? Uh, don't have you? Nick Fult. No, I'm not going to. I'm not even going to go. Uh, you know, I think I think you have to just make better reads. I think Sanchez will get more comfortable in the in the offense, which will allow him to kind of just chill out and and be able to you know make better decisions. I think uh, you got to hold on to the ball better. I think Josh Huff needs to learn how to catch. And I, I think you know, I just think you have to manage the way you handle the football. If that makes any sense. Sure. Uh, guys, we're going to have to run the football. That's how you minimize the turnovers. Yeah. We're not fumbling or throwing picks all the time. If they, if, if this offense, if the identity of the offense starts to be like what we saw on the two touchdown drives to end the game, I mean, I think that's, I, I it's that, I mean, you know, it's, it's as easy as saying, Hey, make better reads, make better throws. But the way you take that out of the equation entirely is to lean on the run game, which was your bread and butter last year. You got Evan Mathis coming back. 
Hermans is going to be out, but Tobin's a great run blocker. you got three healthy running backs right now, all of whom can do different things. And I think that that's the strength of this team and that that's where they have to shift. Yeah, with those, with those three rolling, absolutely. And let's get into that a little bit, too, because it's some, I want to touch on the defense as well, because despite uh, Yusuf's uh, comments, I think they only really allowed seven real points. Is that right? Yeah, they only allowed three really big plays. That was it. I mean, two to Hopkins and the touchdown to Foster. Yeah. Uh, it was just like last week, you know, those plays can kill you. But for the most part, the defense was really, really solid. And for, you know, 90% of the game, they had, you know, they had the clamps on the Texans and wouldn't let them get anything going offensively. Absolutely. I thought the, uh, we were talking about <laughs> off air about the uh, Brandon Bear, Bo Allen. Oh, uh, man, the Brandon Bear, Bo Allen sack celebration. Here we go. <laughs> Ah, that was beautiful. Did anybody gif gif that? I really hope so, Uh, because that was fantastic. I'll I'll do it later. Okay, good, 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 good. Yes, a friend of the show, Bo Allen, of course. Uh, But that the the final drive there, the fourth and one call, that was kind of what everybody was basically clamoring for last week. And again, under center, Chris Polk. I don't. I, to be honest with you, I don't know if he actually got it. I don't. He I, didn't. He didn't. He didn't did did get it. Got it. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Good spot, refs. Good spot. Good spot. Well, it makes up for, I guess, the, the non-challenge call. Which again, I think there was there was one to be made there um, on on a first down by the Texans. But. I don't know what the what the statistics are, but I have a feeling that Chip Kelly's got their secret. You know, former uh, official in his ear telling him, "Hey." Eight out of ten times that spots get challenged, the play stands because there's not enough evidence. So it's basically a waste of a challenge. Okay. There's got to be something percentage-wise where it's such an overwhelming percentage of the time that those challenges don't work out that you know that, that they're just like we're not we're not even going to bother. Awesome. I mean, as far as as far as it goes, though, I mean, <laughs> obviously it worked. Um, uh, just barely one yard and one centimeter, you know. But I mean, field goal is six points. Obviously, six is better than ten. The game's over if they win and score a touchdown there. Uh, and it worked. I'm just, I'm curious, Mike, what you thought towards the end there. What was your initial thought before before the ball had been snapped? Yeah, I just thought it was close and we could get a first down. So, um, you know, I, I thought he, I thought it was a good call. I, I especially what we learned last week. I remember last week Dan and I were turning to each other. Well, that's why you go for it because you know yeah. uh, that they gave up the big play and and that was kind of it. Yeah. You know, and this defense is good, but it's susceptible to big plays, it seems like, because they make a lot of mental hiccups. So I think, you know, in a way he was trusting his defense by going for it, but he was also kind of trying to give them some support. And I, I thought it was the right call. I don't think he actually got it, but, you know. We'll take it. Uh, yeah, the tech, yeah, the Texans got a lot of really nice uh, spots, too. So I'm not really – I don't really think that it was. it's that big of a deal. It's, um, you know, the defense held them – even when they were up by 10 points, they didn't let them get close again. So, you know, I was happy with the call. I didn't I didn't have any issues with it. I thought Ship called a very, very good game today. Yeah, absolutely. I think you had to make that call. So it just to kind of whatever, for what, you know, get, it's in your control. You're away 6-2, and two, and now you got control of the NFC East. Not going to complain about big balls, Chip taking a risk like that, uh, you know, nine times out of 10. And the one thing I just got to disagree with you, Fawn, is is just the, the, the defense itself, or at least the take that he had on it, was just because... I actually thought they did really well. Um, you know, if D'Amico unfortunately doesn't uh, blow out his Achilles, that's another interception. I don't think they give, obviously they don't give anything up there. But um, yeah, Matt, I mean, once again, the front seven is is pretty much for real here. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd like to see them. We were talking a little bit before we started this, but I want to see them finish. You know, coffee yep. is for closers, guys, and you guys actually have to tackle him. When you hit him, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not big. He's not strong. He isn't fast. He isn't, he isn't any of those things. So Brandon Graham, you, when you have your hand on him, like close it, you know, like imagine you're gripping, like uh, say the door of your car, 
or the door of your apartment or just anything. Just just close <laughs> your, your hand. Or your and, favorite girl. Yeah. 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 Or whatever. Like, you know, just imagine your favorite thing and grip it. Like if this really helps you, I hope you get, I hope this gets through to you because man, you had him and he got away. Trent Cole, same thing. I think Benny Logan had him spin away from yep. you. Like, come on guys, you have like 185 pounds on this guy and you should be able to finish here. Um, but also, uh, other thing, Earl Wolf, you are, you're not good. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am I am done. You run. You ran a four four at the combine, and I don't know how because it looks like you're running in a swamp. Like we watched DeAndre Hopkins blow past you, and then you just he started spinning your wheels. Demaris. Yeah, he got blocked by Damaris Johnson. You could not even show. You didn't show me anything as far as makeup speed was concerned. So you're supposed to have the straight line speed. Where is it? Because you're just chugging. You're spinning your wheels like you have your cleats are too short or something. Like I don't know what you're doing, but it isn't running. And uh, get well soon, Nate Allen. Yes, He's just, he just hasn't been right. I think the mental part, if, I don't know if I've ever seen a guy struggle so much mentally, even just from coming, regardless of coming back from the injury, but just everything since then has been, he, he played, he was looking really good last year up until the injury against the Packers. Yeah, he's Jamar and, Chaney. We've talked about this. <laughs> That's my favorite thing ever. He's yeah, a combine Jamar superstar taken in the late rounds. He had one good year and everyone was like, you know what? If he can play like he did in the wood game, you know, that would be great instead of all the, the 18 bad games. And, uh, yeah, he's just, he's Jamar Chaney. He's fine. Whatever. You know, if you can contribute on special teams, that's nice. But I don't really think that, I don't pick. think you're, you're a player that's going to, you're, yeah, you're not going to work yeah, out. Yeah. You are not the next Dawkins. I'm sorry. Goodbye. No, yeah, yeah, it's like a trivia game here. You are the, you are not the next Dawkins. Sorry. Yeah. Oh God. That's gotta, that, that's gotta be a thing soon. And I, you know, the thing about the defense today is the Texans are a really one dimensional team and, you know, te- teams have tried to stop, focus on stopping Arian Foster all season, and he had only gone under 100 yards once. I mean, he wasn't even a factor today. He got dinged up a little bit, but his long was 18 yards, and that was on, like, the fir- their first drive of the second half where they ran it six straight times or whatever. The defense just, they did, again, they shut it down. They, they, kept, they consistently created a new line of scrimmage about one or two yards deep on every single play. Guys were swarming to the ball. Benny Logan, Cedric Thornton, Fletcher Cox, I mean – as good as as far as I'm concerned, it's as good as it gets up front when it comes to a, a three four defense and stuff in the run. Oh out. yeah, and I want to say I mean I'm I'm getting on them for for uh, for not finishing on the sacks, but I thought they had an excellent day today, so good for them. Yeah. Oh, you got to finish. They made Fitzpatrick look like Donovan McNabb on at least three or four or five would be sacks where three guys get their hands on him, he'd like duck and then slip around and. It was ridiculous. And then he threw a duck just like McNabb, too. So it was really impre- it was really something to watch. <laughs> all around impressive. But, uh, well, as we're wrapping up here, guys, uh, Mike K., your final thoughts is uh, on uh, week number nine here. What I've really appreciated over like the last two weeks is it seems like since the bye, they've they've gotten a lot more guys involved. You see Huff out there more. You even see Jeff Mayle, um, which should pay dividends when Brad Smith's healthy and he's able to go and you can use him a lot on screens. You've got Polk. They're using Polk more. I just think in general, it's, uh, it's become a more broad offense than it, than it was last year or even to begin this year, this year, this year. And I think, uh, I think that'll help. I think especially come playoff time, because these guys are going to be used to playing major snaps um, and getting the ball in their hands. Yeah. The deep, it's it's tough to really um, malign the defense because they played so well except for a few plays. But they really you got to get guys on the ground because that's going to burn you. Might not have burned you with Fitzpatrick today, but that's going to burn you later on. Especially again, you know, if Romo recovers and that's who you're playing, um, that just you got to get these guys down when you have the chance when you have that. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to say about on offense is uh, Zach Ertz one reception for four yards on two targets. Yeah. Um, you know, 
I don't listen. I'd have to watch the film or the all 22 to see if he's open and the guys aren't getting him or if he was being locked down by DJ Swearinger today. Um, yeah, it's, you know, you keep waiting for that big bust out game. And we saw, you know, we've seen glimpses earlier. And maybe I'm disappointed because I just expected much more from him. But, you know, Brent Selleck had two catches for seven yards. So got to get Zach Ertz going more in the offense. Just like Mike said, we've seen other guys get involved more. And maybe that's to the detriment of Ertz. But he's he's a big time weapon. And we got to get, he's, he's really got to get going for this offense to, you know, to be even more explosive if that's even possible. <laughs> DJ Swearinger. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I really like the blocking. Yeah. Um, I thought uh, I saw a number of blocks. Matthews had a good one. Uh, Macklin had a good one. Um, Cooper had a few, um, which is good because Cooper had a bad game. But um, I, I think that um, I think that we saw like quite a few blocks and we really saw it pay off because guys were getting yards after the catch um, where there maybe wouldn't have been them otherwise. Uh, and, you know, I think you watch. Uh, well, I watch Penn State. I go to Penn State and I watch them and uh, I see some just terrible blocking from the wide receivers there. So I, re- I really think you really sort of have to appreciate how good these guys are and how much effort they put into it. And and I think it really shows up on the field and it pays off. I really hope that, um, you know, D'Amico Ryans and Todd and all that can, can figure out a way to get back on the field next year um, or with Todd, maybe even this year. Uh, and I wish the same for Nick Foles. I will say though, that I do think having Mark Sanchez take you for the rest of the way, is a better situation based on play alone of what's happened with Nick Foles this year for the rest of the season. That's not saying that he's going to take over and be this dominant quarterback or anything else like that. Just like I said, if he's a two, a two TD, one one interception guy the rest of the way, a three TD, one interception guy the rest of the way, I'm fine with that. And I think that increases your chances to win in the playoffs. But overall, does it mean you have a franchise quarterback? Doubtful. I doubt it. Mark, Mark Sanchez is our starting quarterback for Monday night next week. That's crazy. That's, that's crazy, right? That's and he's going to get a full week of practice too. So let's, you know, let's see. But I want to let's 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 run the rock, huh? Yeah, let's let's run that rock. And uh, yeah, it's it's great because this time last year, uh, three and five with a with a horrible loss to the Giants. You're six and two, ugly. Um, and uh, both both teams weren't ready to hit their peak yet. So I think that's the most important thing going on. And hopefully that there's just more joy and love and. City of Philadelphia as they come home on Monday night. And more Dunkin' Donuts coffee, obviously. And if you're around, I'm not sure if tickets are still available. There are a few of us that are going to be down at the Philly Faithful viewing party on Monday night. Go check them out, phillyfaithful.com, for more information on that. But for myself, John Barchard, for Mr. Dan Klossner, once again saying hello to us, Mr. Mike Kay and Matt Daring, thank you so much for listening to BGN Radio, episode 61, right here on bleedinggreennation.com and libertybroadcast.co. Good night, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.